This is Shema Hyder, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes, I'm going to do that for you, and you can find them at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today I'm joined by Shama Hyder, and we're going to talk about her book, The Zen of Social Media Marketing, an easier way to build credibility, generate buzz, and increase revenue. Known as the Zen Master of Marketing by Entrepreneur Magazine and the Millennial Master of the Universe by Fast Company, Shama is also an acclaimed international keynote speaker who's been invited to share the stage with the world's top leaders, including President Obama and the Dalai Lama. She is the CEO of the Marketing Zen Group, an integrated online marketing and digital PR firm. Shama was named as one of the top 30 under 30 entrepreneurs in America by Inc. Magazine and was honored at the White House as one of the top 100 U.S. companies to be run by a young entrepreneur. A trusted media expert and sought-after TV personality, Shama has frequently appeared on Fox Business, CBS, and Fox News. She's been featured in many publications, including the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, Inc. Magazine, and Forbes. And she was recently named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list of movers and shakers for 2015. Shama, congratulations on the Zen of social media marketing, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much. (laughs) So in the book, you talk about the Zen of social media marketing is about understanding the mindset of people who are using social media and then using it to their advantage. Can you tell us the story about how this book came to be? Sure. So, you know, Douglas, it's really funny. I, when I started my journey into social media, really this foray into this new media world, it really wasn't a thing. The industry didn't exist. And so in some ways, that's exciting. And in some ways, um, you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of like a wild, wild west. So <laughs> I, uh, I graduated with, I have a master's in organizational communication and technology from the University of Texas at Austin. Go Longhorns. Um, and, <laughs> and I did my thesis on Twitter. And, uh, you know, a lot of times students get excited when they hear me say that because they're like, oh, you got to write in 140 characters. So let me dispel that net first. <laughs> no, I did not get to write in 140 characters. Um, oh, but great. it was about Twitter. And, you know, this is a time where Twitter just had a few thousand users. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different than, you know, the hundreds of millions of users that it has today. Um, and I just, I could see something starting that seemed to be, part of a very exciting new world. Um, You know, the way digital mediums were going to practically transform um, what I felt like was business communication and really across the board. Um, And it's, it's funny because a lot of, you know, a lot of times in academia, I think you get to see things that the corporate world just hasn't caught on to yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so that being said, I was so enthused. I finished this this uh, thesis on Twitter, and it looked at like why people use social media. I got out there, and uh, I, frankly, I couldn't land a job because the industry didn't exist. There were no jobs for what I was looking for. You were way um, ahead of it. Yeah, and so so you know, I, I that led to me starting my own company, and um, that led to. Um, 
that led to me writing the book, honestly, because there was nothing out there that I felt like was a primer for people. There was one other book out there, a good book, but it was very theoretical. It wasn't actionable. And because I'm the type of person that likes to, whenever I go in, I want something when I go to conferences, when I hear someone speak or read a book, I want to know, like, what can I do from this, right? What can I, what did I walk away from? Uh, what can I turn around and do right away based on what I just learned? So it was important for me to create something like that. I was just getting bombarded by questions. You know, I'd get like hundreds of questions a month and there was no resource I could turn people to and just say, read about it here. So I created it um, so funny as an ebook initially. And within two months, I got picked up by a publisher, turned into a quote unquote real book for, <laughs> um, and it's now going to actually head into its fourth edition in 2016. So it's uh, it, it's been quite it's it's really been a labor of of love and um, something that was created to meet market demand. Mm-hmm. This reminds me. I spoke uh, in an earlier episode to Tim Matthews, author of The Professional Marketer, and I said, "What what led to this book?" And he said, "Well, I wanted to buy this book, but it didn't exist." <laughs> So I had to oh, write it. Oh, that's so neat. That's so funny. Uh, who was this? I'm just curious. Tim Matthews, author of The Professional Marketer. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And now that I'm working on my second book, I waited, you know. Um, it's been like three years since, four years almost since the first book. Mm-hmm. And I, I waited because I didn't want to write something for the sake of writing it, even though I had a lot of offers from publishers. And, you know, once a book does well, people clamor and they want you to do more. Right. But I didn't want to write something because I was like, guys, I have nothing to say that would, val- you know, that would necessitate a new book. Uh, but now that I do, I'm, I'm working on that. So oh, I do great. think books that come from that tend to be more... Um, yeah, I think they tend to be. <laughs> I think they tend to just be better received by the market because there's a hunger there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the book, uh, the forward, is by Chris Brogan, and it it. I thought that the, at least the first quarter or a third of the book, which I was so pleased about, was that it it wasn't really so much about social media as about how social media fits in with. The larger marketing ecosystem, and then it it goes into great detail, lots of tactics and how tos for uh, some specific social media platforms, uh, and it even includes a section on measuring social media and and things like that. In your book, you write about the main reason why people are struggling with social media marketing and you describe it as they're going against the natural order of things. Can you explain what you mean by that? Sure. You know, so many people who've, who've started social media marketing, especially, um, I mean, really anybody who's done traditional marketing, it's almost like they see it as a new medium and they think, all right, the same rules apply. You know, what we did with TV, radio, newspapers, you get a message out there and you keep blasting it. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, you know, social media wasn't made for that. It's not, not that you can't use it as a platform to get your message out, but really you have to understand the motivations of people using social media. Uh, one of the things I discovered when I was writing my thesis was, you know, the reason people use social networking sites is to showcase their own identity. And in some ways, people think, oh, my God, it is a big selfie. <laughs> um, you know, but if you step back a little bit, I think you realize that um, it's not just about being narcissistic, but the way we as humanity evolves, it's taking sort of a detour, sidestepping um, the marketing end of things, but really to understand psychology and sociology even how we evolve as human beings is to showcase our own identity, get feedback. Based on that, we change our behaviors. 
you know, it, I mean, I'm distilling obviously something that's quite a, a science down to something more simpler for, for purposes of understanding from a marketing standpoint. But then if you understand that, you have to realize, you know, the, the rules really have changed, right? So it used to be that you could get a message out there, blast it out, connect with people. But now it's about understanding why are people using social media? What makes certain things go, quote unquote, more viral than others? What are sort of the key components that drive that type of growth? Um, so the best way I know how to say this, freeze it, is the old school mentality was what does our brand say about us? As in, you know, like, what do we push out there? What do we want people to associate with our brand? And today that question really becomes, what does our brand allow our consumers to say about themselves? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's a shift. It really is. Because now, you know, you know that people are interacting with your brand, not so much because of your brand, but because of what they feel it ref is reflective about themselves for doing that. Um, so it, it is in that way really understanding why people use social media. Why are they online? And, and catering to that rather than sort of force feeding uh, or pushing down, you know, the the old school messaging one way uh, system. Mm -hmm. And you talk about identity before community and uh, the number one reason why people fail at social media marketing. Can you expand a little bit more on, on what that big reason is why so many fail at social media? Uh, great follow-up question, uh, Douglas, and it's really because of, of what we just uh, spoke about in terms of, you know, they, they fail to understand why people use networking sites to begin with. So they make it all about their brand, right? They don't really take into consideration how people engage. So let me give you a very simple example. Um, let's say that I sell real estate in Nashville, right? Um, and now I have a choice. I want to create a presence on Facebook. So option A would be I'm going to create a Facebook page that says, um, boy, that says, you know, Mary's Real Estate Agency, Nashville. All right. So that's mm -hmm. option A. Option B would be, you know, um, Nashville rocks. And it's everything about the city, everything awesome. And now it just says powered by Mary's Real Estate Agency. Which page do you think does better? The one that uh, the the one about Nashville rocks, because it's what that says about the people that are on it and want to share. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, and this can be applied across the board, you know. And so, just think about. I think it's so funny because as marketers and business people, we forget to think like consumers in that moment. <laughs> uh, because as a consumer, would you really go? You know, are you going to like a brokerage page? Chances are probably not, right? Unless you, unless you, they're a friend, you're trying to help them out, but you're not going to keep going back to it. Versus, you're liking a city. You're, you're, it's a statement about who you are, and great if it's sponsored by. I mean, American Express has known this for a while, and hence their open forum. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's great way for them to be able to to do that. Um, to attract business owners because it's all about business owner content and it's very subtly sponsored by American Express. In the first year alone, they had over a million visitors. Um, and can you imagine someone signing up for a network that's sponsored by a credit card? Like it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, And apparently yeah. that's the number one place they're getting credit card signups from. And uh, it's working beautifully. As a matter of fact, they're, they're advertising. <laughs> they still advertise, but they're advertising the site, not, not, uh, Buy sure. our, you know, use our credit cards. Yeah, absolutely. Because they get to nurture that, right? They get to nurture that. And just, I mean, full, um, you know, open disclosure. I write for MX Open, also write for Forbes and, and many other 
platforms, but mm -hmm. I've been using this as an example long before I became a contributor to them. So uh, it's just, and it's just one example. There's a lot of, I think a lot of companies that are getting savvy to this and saying, hey, how do we put the audience first? How do we put their brand first? And then figure out how we can tie our stuff into that rather than here's our brand. We are forcing you to like it or engage with it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, that worked in the old days when we had a captive audience and we could shout at them and tell them what to do and hope that they would do it. But I heard an expression recently uh, from... Um Corey Fellman, I believe it was, and he said, mice are not attracted to mousetraps. They're attracted to the cheese on the mousetraps. I love traps. that. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And I sometimes I'll explain it that way, and people seem to say, oh, okay, now I got it. I, I got like it. that. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> well, I'll have to put a link to, uh, to his blog on the, in the show notes. Um, let's talk about how social media marketing fits into the bigger scheme of things. And if you could talk about the ACT methodology, I think that might help frame it nicely. Sure. So the ACT methodology is something that I came up with when I was trying to explain to people how social media is part of the puzzle and not the full picture. So it was funny because that was I started my company, you know, when I got out of graduate school, I started as a social media consulting company. That's what Marketing Zen was. And over time, we grew to being what we are today, which is an integrated you know, online marketing and digital PR firm. In other words, driving leads and visibility for clients. And it was because I understood that social media is part of the puzzle, but it's not the full thing. That's why people have such a hard time sometimes getting ROI from social because they see it as a standalone, like, oh, here's social, how nice, you know? Mm -hmm. But the other elements aren't there. So the ACT methodology was essentially it's kind of uh, showcasing a cycle for how someone goes from a stranger to a client and then a champion, right, of your services, because that's ideally, I think, what we want, people waving the, the banner and drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts with attract. So, you know, what are things, what are, act be, attract being the bigger banner strategy, right? So what, how are you attracting people in? How do you get them from strangers to first date, if you will? How do you get them to even know that you exist. Um, and there's a lot of tactics then that fall under that. Social media is, is one of them. But, you know, content, how do you get people just to, to know that you exist? And then you have convert. And um, that's the C, obviously. And then there's really two aspects of that. There's the converting someone to a consumer and then over time turning them into a customer or a client, which is going back to the Amex theory works so well because, you know, they're using their business forum content as getting someone to consume information, right? I'm buying in. I'm subscribing to your podcast. I'm giving you my email address. I'm, uh, I'm taking that first step. And then over time, turning them into a customer or client, which is the big C, the big conversion. Mm -hmm. And then transform, the T, is really about how do you transform then those successes into key studies, into stories, and really leverage that to attract people back in. So it really kind of comes full circle in that way. Mm -hmm. And to the companies that are still sitting on the fence and not sure about uh, social media, uh, what what are some of the things that you would you say to them? Um, you know, I would say put, look at your business goals first. Always start with your business goals. We get a lot of calls. People say, I want to do a social campaign. And when we stop and say why, you know, always go back to the why. Mm -hmm. Realize that there's a lot of tools out there. And then, but if you start with the why, if you figure out what it is that you want to accomplish, then you can really go back and be more... Um, 
be more sophisticated in choosing tools that'll help you get there. Um, so I always, I, I never recommend social media as a service or like, you know, just everyone has to engage. I really look at it as what is it that you're trying to do? If you're trying to get more business, if you're trying to create visibility, by all means, these are platforms you should be taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. You talk about, uh, going back to the ACT, Attract, Convert, and Transform, you, you talked about how whenever you are thinking about marketing, ask yourself the question, am I using this technique, whichever one it is, to attract, convert, or transform? And if it doesn't fit into one of those, I think you need to ask yourself, is social media the best thing to be using here? Right, exactly. And, and also just, you know, why, right? If you're trying to, and if you're saying, if something doesn't fit in the ACG model, I often find that there's, <laughs> that there's a maybe a different way to look at it just because that boil, that really is the essence of driving customers, turning people from strangers into clients to champions, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so it really, I, I think that model has helped a lot of people. You'd be amazed, Douglas, at the emails I've gotten from, you know, when I wrote the book, I never expected this response. I mean, I've gotten emails from everyone from doctors to churches to strip club owners. I like, you could not imagine a more diverse <laughs> group of people applying the, the kind of the tactics. So I, I've, all, I've always found that sort of fascinating. That's interesting. And three of my favorite words in the book were pick tactics last. You talk about how strategy should always come last, and uh, particularly as it relates to the shiny toy syndrome. Can you explain that one? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I, I speak, um, I, I do so many keynotes a year and speak at all these conferences, and the question that I consistently get is, uh, what's next? What's next? I think there's a sense of like people, <laughs> they want the next shiny thing. What's the next you know? meerkat? Like, yeah, exactly. And and it's funny because then, you know, three-fourths of the room is like, what's meerkat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Periscope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but it, it's so funny that, it's not, I thought that was an animal, but it's uh, meerkat. <laughs> it's not supposed to be, yeah. so weird. Mm. Um, we, we've totally lost some people, by the way, listening right now. But I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing, so, you know, meerkat and Periscope, for, for, for those who may not know, is just a live broadcasting app that's been you know giving people kind of a, a live look a live streaming option for certain things that make sense but you know I find that chasing the new thing usually leads to two things right either one overwhelm where someone's like oh my god I can't keep up why bother or two of scattered efforts I can tell you that 90% of the prospects we talk to when they come to work with us, it's not because they're not smart or they don't know what they should be doing even, mm -hmm. but oftentimes they just feel like it's a very scattered approach. Yeah, we send out a newsletter here or there. Yeah, we kind of blog, but we felt, you know, whenever Amy's around to do it, right? Or whoever's in the <laughs> office. Or, um, or even with social, yeah, we had an intern set some of that stuff up, but I don't, and so it's funny because you really like, one of my favorite pieces um, that I, I've actually written an article on, uh, and you can include this in the show notes if, oh, yeah, if it's sure. helpful. Uh, it's funny because it's, it's not one of my most popular articles, but I'm so proud of that one because it talks about, and, and you'll see in just a second why, it talks about you know why, why the best word in marketing is consistency, but it's also the unsexiest word in marketing, right? Like, no, <laughs> it's like prudence or... <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, who wants consistency? It's just, it's not sexy, but it's so important. Consistently doing things, consistently creating a brand, 
Um, it's funny because people often ask in terms of, you know, like, how have you grown your company? And I do a lot of panels and I, I do a lot on entrepreneurship. And I always say, you know, it's, it's honestly because it's a lot of work. Like some days you chip away, chip away, and you're like, is anybody out there? And then, <laughs> um, you know, and, and then... And then all of a sudden you, you hear from someone or, or I've talked to people who are like, oh, you know, I've been, I've been getting your newsletter for two years and we're finally ready to get started. Like, two years? <laughs> two years you've been out there, you know? But it is. I mean, and, and I'm sure you experienced this too, right, Douglas, in mm-hmm. terms of your, what you do in your podcast and, and your work. It's just, it's funny because you really do have to kind of keep chipping away. Um, and, and it really is. It, it's consistency is the most important thing in marketing, social media or otherwise. It's like compound interest. Yeah. Okay. Which is not, which is not sexy, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it works. Just ask uh, people who have benefited from it. Yeah, totally. At the end of the book, you talk about how most people abuse social media platforms. <laughs> I just had to laugh where you said uh, with social media uh, – it's it's about a conversation, not a monologue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just to go back to the earlier point about uh, about that. Well, before we wrap up, let me ask you a couple of uh, marketing book kind of questions. Sure. Is there a recent marketing or business book you've read or, uh, or recommend? Uh, I do. So there's a great book called Get Big Things Done. It's by Erica Tubin, and it's called uh, It's the Power of Connectional Intelligence. Um, I, I really love the book because it talks about you know how to how to make things happen essentially using this sort of intelligence that she's done a lot of research around. Well, that sounds um, interesting. It is. It is. It's a good book. Are there any marketing or business books you're looking forward to reading? You know, I'm looking forward to, and I've kind of I've read this a little bit. I haven't. Uh, I want to go. I, let me put it this way. I want to reread this book, uh, "Stand Out" by Dory Clark. Yes. Um, it's her second book. I believe she's been a guest on your podcast. She before. has. And um, uh, as we record this today, today is uh, her book is launching and uh, it's uh, she's going to her episode is going to be uh, published this Friday. Oh, perfect. It, it, Dory's Dory's great. Um, she's a, as a colleague, uh, a friend, but also a very intelligent woman. And her book certainly is. Uh, evidence of that. It's really funny. I find that Dory is the only person I know who has a more extensive vocabulary than I do. Um, <laughs> like, you know, if we were in school together, she'd be the valedictorian. I'd always be trying to, you Yes, know, yes. Um, <laughs> one step behind. Yes. If they <laughs> if they called Central Casting and said, we need a valedictorian, they would they would uh, send they up would Dory, Clark. Dory Clark. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, great, they, great they'd book. say, send us, a, send us somebody like Dory Clark. <laughs> that, that's the one. Oh, well, how do you continue your business education you know things are changing so quickly who do you follow what do you read what do you listen to how does shama do it <sighs> good question um it's an exhausting process one <laughs> but you know i um i read a lot of different sources i i follow really smart people on twitter i think that helps mm-hmm. um get to see sort of you know what people are sharing what are they engaging with i read a lot i've always been uh, a very voracious reader um, and I read fiction and nonfiction because I think it helps keep, I, I think it helps keep the synapses firing oh, and, and you have a lot of like cross pollination. I, so I actually don't read just a lot of marketing or business books. I really try to mix it up with spirituality and, mm-hmm. um, have a great interest sort of in past lives and theories. Just, I, I, I read from a, a variety of, uh, of things and I think that certainly helps. 
Um, I think it helps that we do this day in and day out with clients being in the trenches of something and actually having you know, kind of the blood and sweat to show for it at the end of the day. It's like you're marinating uh, in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really. So, I mean, I when I talk to audiences too, I'm like, listen, you know, I have a very immersive perspective because one, um, I'm still an academic at heart. I read a lot of things that come, ac- come ac- uh, out from academia. Um, Harvard Business Review is, is obviously has some really good stuff, um, as does at- The Atlantic does some really neat pieces. So, I mean, I really curate, I think, from a r- wide variety of sources. And then... Um, just, you know, building my own company, right, Douglas, anyone who's made payroll will tell you that it's a very different process to, to actually do it. Uh, <laughs> yes, and you're to be applauded. So, uh, well, I appreciate that. And it's a lot of, it's, it is it is hard work. And I think you learn certain lessons from from actually running a company that uh, that I'm not sure that otherwise, you know, would be as easily available. And then, of course, working with clients, so many different campaigns, a lot of real world experience mixed with what's kind of new, keeping up with the world. Um, and then I just have really smart colleagues too, and, and really smart team who um, who keep me educated and who are like, Shama, how do you not know about this? I'm like, because it <laughs> came out at midnight. Uh, <laughs> but it's great because I can rely on them to do so. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, how can listeners find out more about you and your book? No, the book is available on Amazon, uh, bulk orders by Ben Bella uh, Publishers directly. You can find me on Twitter. I'd be happy to engage if you have questions on the podcast or comments. I'm at Shama, S-H-A-M-A. They can find my company information at marketingzenzen.com. Great. The name of the book is The Zen of Social Media Marketing, An Easier Way to Build Credibility, Generate Buzz, and Increase Revenue. Shama, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Douglas. It's been fun. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that lots of people have found helpful. If you're one of the people who's left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it, and it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I get such a kick out of hearing from my listeners. It really makes my day. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time. Oh, 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 oh,